the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Joining me on today's show to get you ready for the big Conor McGregor fight and UFC 246 is Brian Edwards. But first, the football season is winding down. College football is done, and we've got conference championships in the NFL this weekend. That means it's transition time. What is going to become of the Sharp 600 now that football is almost over? Let me speak candidly and let you know what's on my mind. I'm an action junkie and love betting on anything with a line. Because of it, I plan on continuing to help you be a more informed better, and we're going to be doing so in a lot of other sports. More specifically, we'll be jamming about college basketball. Send it in, March Madness is on the horizon, as are the conference championships, so I want to make sure that you're ready for it. By us getting ahead of the curve, even by just one month, it's going to make you more successful in your brackets, in your bets, in your Calcuttas, in the stuff that you do with friends, because remember, there are so many different ways to bet on college basketball. We'll also be jamming about the NBA. We'll be jamming about UFC fights, golf majors, and anything big time that is going on. Because sports is more fun when you've got action on it. And I also want to make sure that I do everything in my power to help give you the best chance at success. And by the way, if there's something that you want us to jam about on the show, drop me a line and let me know about it. I do want to mention that we'll be learning together on a lot of this stuff. While football is my main sport, I love all sports. Like anything in life, when you put more intention in something, the better you'll do. So what I'm going to be doing is putting a lot more intention in a lot of the other sports. 60% of the time, it works every time. I'm going to continue to be very active on Twitter. I'm loving getting all the messages from you when you listen for the first time, when you learn something, when you win, you lose, everything in between. Like this message I got from IDP underscore monk on Twitter. It says, hashtag sharp 600. I just found your show for the first time and love it. Newbie to NFL gambling. I got in on the live betting action halftime, Seattle. I've had good luck with sacks prop bets too. My easy one this week is Frank Clark getting through for one. He also signed up for the Bet America promo. Thanks. P.S. IDP underscore Monk says, I got into this because I saw three weeks ahead of that time, Nick Chubb had a clear path to the rushing title and went all in to earn some Christmas money at 2500 Then Henry missed a week and only 47 yards in the first half but we all know how he finished at 211 with two minutes left. Ugh. It's a great example of someone sharing how they found the Sharp 600 and then sort of their thought process on how they've been betting alongside us. So if you've got a story, I would love to hear it. You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy because remember, we are building a community here. I get down like you get down. Hold up. Before we get to the fights, from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. 
Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's Sharp 25 for 25% off any product. And joining me to help you be a more informed, better for UFC 246, the big Conor McGregor fight, we have Brian Edwards, VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Brian, great to have you back on the show. Rob, thanks a bunch uh, for having me again. Enjoyed it last time and uh, fired up for uh, this weekend's UFC card. Me as well. And what we're actually going to start with is a little education. And I want to talk about how to bet the UFC. So let's assume that someone has zero knowledge whatsoever of betting the UFC. But here's one of the beautiful things that I love. Watching the UFC with no vested interest is super fun. Watching the UFC with a vested interest is even better. So let's break this down a little bit. We've got a few different ways to do it. You've got money line, which is just taking the fighter to win. We've got method of victory, decision, knockout, submission. We got round by round betting, which is super hard. It's essentially saying, this is when I think this fighter is going to win in the round. We've got total rounds, which is sort of like an over under. Um, and usually there's even half rounds with this. And that's two minutes and 30 seconds within a round. Uh, this can be fun to cheer for. And then, of course, you can parlay a bunch of stuff, uh, knowing that the UFC has fighters with huge odds. For example, we're going to be talking about Conor McGregor, who's minus 360. A lot of us don't like laying minus 360. That's just not how we get down. So you can't parlay it. But is there anything that I missed or that you would like to add to the various ways that we can bet this? Well, so, like, I don't bet baseball anymore. But when I did, I had a rule. I never bet favorites, you know, nor I would occasionally do a minus 140, but never anything north of minus 50, just because I just don't like to eat chalk like that. And so I, I'm pretty much uh, the same way uh, with UFC. I mean, favorites of minus 140 or less or looking at underdogs. And the beautiful thing about how you brought up the over-unders and the methods of winning is that so often you can get great underdog prices by doing that. And unlike other sports where it's kind of a, a drag to root for the under, in UFC, when you take an under, you just want one guy to knock the other's head off. So it's kind of fun to root for the under. Like, And just as a quick example on the McGregor fight, like, he's a, a favorite anywhere in the minus 300 to minus 350 range. And so if that's too expensive a chalk price for you as it would be for me, the ways you can look at McGregor to bet him and not have to lay that kind of price um, or for him to win by KO, which is actually still too expensive for me, but to win in round one, which he is known for, and, and, and Cowboy Cerrone is a bit of a slow starter, to McGregor to win in round one at William Hill, it's a plus 200. So that's a two-to-one underdog price. But obviously, that's the way he has to win or you lose. So um, I hope that made sense. It does. And we'll get into that fight in a second. But I want to make sure that we're smart about this because while it can be a ton of fun to say, I'm going to root for a first-round knockout, at the same time, 
The Nets really getting exact on some of these things. And for me, I believe that's a little bit more risk than I'm willing to take. That certainly when I like to rent a movie, a.k.a. throw a few jelly beans on something just to have a vested interest, uh, I like to go with something that may be a little bit safer. But at the same time, I don't want to be a square. So what are some of your other tips on how to not be a square when betting the UFC? How to not be a square. Uh, I, I tell you, the, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is I, I really don't like betting on fights where I'm just studying them on paper. I really like to have seen the guy fight at least once or twice. And because we have so – in the last four or five years, you know, we have so many UFC cards that – I mean, they've got more than 500 guys on the roster. I mean, you got to be pretty hardcore – go into a 11 12 fight card and to have seen every fight only the like big the biggest of the best cards would even I who've been covering the sport more than a decade have that knowledge so um I don't know if that's a good example of how to not be a square but I mean certainly um I don't like to bet on uh guys that I have not seen fight because you never know man some of these guys come out of nowhere and are some of the baddest sons of guns on the planet so i do believe there's going to be a large majority of the population of the podcast listeners who have not seen all of them fight but i'll try and break this down a little bit easier because not everyone's going to be a huge ufc fan but we love to have action on everything the same way we may not see creighton in college basketball or you might not watch louisville college football yet somehow when the weekend gets here We find a way putting a few jelly beans on that. So what I would say is being informed better and or set your expectations up front. If you're just renting a movie and you're betting against one of your friends, like I did for the last UFC fight, we looked at the two guys. What colored trunks were they wearing? Did this guy look (laughs) like a badass? And it's like, boom, I'm going with this guy. This guy's from USA. And you're like, all right, I'm choosing that guy. If that's the case, be cool with it. Don't bring the same expectations that you would on a traditional college football or NFL card where your knowledge is so heavy. But at the same time, if you did want to be smarter about this and and you're taking the first step by listening to this podcast, just be informed. Just do a simple Google search of UFC 246 picks and someone's going to give you a quick little breakdown and analysis of things. And just that alone will give you some level of being informed So let's get to the fights themselves, starting with the main event. Conor McGregor laying 350 as the money line. Big favorite, taking Cowboy Cerrone, plus 300. And we had a writing question on Twitter from Vic, who said, given McGregor has had a pretty poor record as of late and isn't consistently fighting, which is historically not good for fighters, and is a heavy favorite against a proven, consistent fighter. Is this due to his hype, public lack of knowledge? Is this a good matchup for him? I just can't see it. So sort of what are your thoughts in general on this fight? Okay, so um, I think it is being a tad overblown that he hasn't won a UFC fight since 2016. You know, he went and did the Mayweather thing, and then he fought Habib. And as he's admitted in the buildup to this fight, he was partying the week of the Khabib fight. I mean, he was drinking on stage at the press conference. 
He claims that he has abstained from his proper 12. He has not had a drink as he promised his camp for three or four months. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, but yeah, every McGregor fight is going to be overpriced because whatever you make, what you think should be the fair line, the market's going to destroy it because you've got everybody, and especially, look, if you like Cowboy, I say you wait till Saturday because it's the more Irish fans get to Vegas, the more they're going to have him. Um, look, I think Cowboy should probably not be this big of an underdog. Now, Cowboy is off of two losses. But he's had many stretches in his career where he's lost back-to-back and then ripped off a four-fight winning streak. From a stylistic standpoint, it is a good fight for Connor because Cowboy's even said this week, Cowboy would own him on the ground, but Cowboy is such a, a, a fan pleaser. He just wants to do phone booth fighting. He just wants to uh, test his kickboxing against McGregor's left hand. Can he take McGregor's left hand? And can McGregor take his powerful uh, kicks? Um, now, one, one thing I do want to say about the, the layoff and all that, Connor's kind of bugaboo has always been his cardio. And that's not a problem with Cowboy. Cowboy will have superior cardio. The longer the fight goes, advantage Cowboy. I just worry Cowboy has sometimes been a notoriously slow starter I worry, can he handle the early barrage of Connor? If he can, and look, the fight being at 170 is a big-time advantage for Cowboy. He fought 170 from 2015 to, through 2018, had a really good run, beat some really good guys, whereas McGregor's only fought 170 twice with Nate, and, and Cowboy's a bigger guy. So fighting at 170 – not cutting weight, I think Cowboy will have a better chin, and the longer the fight goes, his size and his superior cardio is an advantage. Um, with all that said, I kind of lean Connor in this fight, but he's way too expensive for me. And Cowboy, on the day of the fight, his odds shoot up north of plus 300. I'll get a little bit of Cowboy at those uh, lucrative underdog odds. All right, some things of note to add. So you mentioned Cowboy starts slow. Well, the over-under on this is one and a half, minus 125 for one and a half rounds, plus 105. Wait, I'll say that again. Over one and a half rounds is minus 125. Under one and a half rounds is plus 105. So you can look for Connor to come out quick, knowing that that's the opposite for Cowboy. A thing that is a big knock on Cowboy is that he has had a tendency to not show up in big fights in this being huge. Is this moment too big for Cowboy? And looking at game plan, you nailed it. But would it would make more sense for Cowboy to want to take this to the ground where Connor's likely going to want to stand and trade? Yeah, but again, I just don't think Cowboy is going to do that because he knows that the, the fans uh, – won't like it. I'm sorry, Rob. What was, get, tell me what the first part of that question was again. Um, oh, it was doesn't show up in big fights. Oh, right. Yeah, correct. He got his title shot with Dos Anjos, um, got beat. The, the Pettis fight was a big fight. He got beat early in the first round in his hometown of Denver. Yeah, and you know what he said to that yesterday? The presser, he goes, I'm tired of hearing that. Well, this is my biggest fight ever, so let's see what I do in my biggest fight. But you do make good points. Um, he has, but look, 
he's got more wins in UFC history. He's been in so many fights and has so many wins over so many top-notch guys. But I, I get your point on that, and this is by far his biggest fight. But uh, he seems to be embracing it. Um, I think we're going to get a great one. Even if Connor wins by first-round knockout late in the first round, we will get four minutes of phone booth fighting and entertainment. All right, and you mentioned Pettis, so let's go to that fight. Anthony Pettis, plus 200, taking on Diego Fajaya in a lightweight matchup. Diego, minus 235, looking at the over-under in rounds, over two and a half rounds, minus 160, under two and a half, plus 140. And Diego has won five in a row, the most of anyone on this card. It is worth noting he is 34 years old. And for Pettis, He's been alternating wins and losses in three different weight classes. His most recent loss came against the aforementioned Nate Diaz. And for Pettis, he's a kickboxer. He needs space. So what is the way that you counter this? Is you press forward. That's not a good thing for him. Uh, one other thing of note about Pettis. Uh, he has only had one fight that he has won via points via two th since 2011. Why is this of note? Because if you're looking at how could he potentially win, chances are by decision isn't the way that you're going to want to bet this. Right. I like Pettis a lot in this fight. Um, for, for Diego Fajaya, this is a huge step up in class. He has won five in a row, but none over top ten fighters. And uh, Pettis is down back at his natural weight class at 155, where he, he won UFC gold many years ago. And, like, you think of Pettis – I like how you pointed out Fajaya is, is 34. You would think Pettis is the older guy, but Pettis is only 32. And, like you said, he's been bouncing around weight classes. So, he had that epic war with Tony Ferguson, who's won 12 in a row and is about to fight Habib for the title. That was a fight of the night, a great fight. Pettis broke his hand in round two, and his trainer would not let him go out for, for round three. But that was a great fight. He decides to go up to 170, where he never fought, and he gets a highlight reel knockout against Wonderboy Thompson, who's fought for the 170 title. Then he fights Nate at 170, only his second fight. Nate is a bigger guy. I think the fight at 170 helped Nate and his better cardio. It was still a great fight. Pettis looked really good the first two rounds, but he loses. But then you go back, he beat Kiesa, a very good fighter, and then he lost to Poye, who just lost to Habib for the title. He beat Jim Miller, and then his la the loss before that was to Holloway at 145, who's been the longtime champion there. So he has been fighting the best of the best of the best for six, seven years, and Fajaya is making a big step up in class. Pettis is a plus 200 dog, back to his natural weight. I think that's the way to go. I like Anthony Showtime Pettis. So help me understand this. So when we see Diego minus 235 and Pettis plus 200, uh, when we look at this from a football standpoint, we can sort of tell in terms of, oh, point spread minus seven, minus 10, minus three, things like that. How big of a difference is there in a minus 235 versus a plus 200, irregardless of who the people are? Well, it, you know, it, depending on how big the number gets, and, and I don't even know what the exact equation they use to, you know, whether, it, okay, if it's 250, is it plus 210 or plus 200? And books do it differently. Uh, some are a little more 
uh, uh, what's the word, greedy, whereas others are more a little more generous to the better. Um, but look, plus 200, you know, that's like a, what, a, 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 a money line on, a, well, that'd be like a six-point underdog, right? In football, kind of somewhere close to that. And I just, um, I think this, I think Pettis should be favored. So anytime you get somebody you think should be favored, who's a dog north of plus 150, if not all the way to plus 200, that's a spot you're interested in. All right. Well, you've convinced me. I will be renting a movie with Pettis plus 200. So the last fight that we're going to jam about, let's go to former UFC women's bantamweight champion, Holly Holm, minus 135, taking on Raquel Pennington, plus 115, looking at the rounds over two and a half, minus 560, under two and a half, plus 410. So the first question is, do we handicap women's fighting different than the men in terms of uh, do knockouts happen more or less? Do fights typically go longer? Because seeing minus 560 over two and a half rounds, to me, that's an, a signal. All right, this one's going to go some sort of distance. Yeah, okay. So uh, Raquel Pennington, five of her last six fights have gone to decision. Uh, and the one that didn't was her getting knocked out by Amanda Nunez, who has been knocking out everybody until Duran to me the last uh, fight. Um, this is a, this is a rematch, and Holly did beat her uh, at UFC 184 February 28th of 15, but it was by split decision. But look, Holly's the better fighter. Holly's record is not that great recently, but Holly has only fought. I mean, the best of the best. I mean, she she beat Rousey. Her losses were uh, to Misha in a fight she was winning until the fifth round. She lost to Valentina Shevchenko, the flyweight champion. Durandamy, who just went the distance with Nunez, the double champion. She lost to Cyborg. Uh, and she lost to Nunez her last time out. But Holm is the superior fighter. It's kind of like I was talking about with Pettis. Holm has been, been fighting all the legends of the sport like Pettis has been. Now, Pennington has fought some of the upper-tier girls, but she hasn't really beaten any of them. So I think Holly at minus 135 is a bargain. I know she's coming off a, a pretty gruesome head kick knockout. But, look, Pennington's lost two out of her last three, and the only win was a split decision. So I think Holly's the way to go. Uh, at minus one thirty-five, that's not too expensive for me, and I like I like Holly. Is there any inflation to this line because Holly Holm is a recognizable name? So when looking at Connor's got some natural juice. If you're going to ask the casual fan, tell me about which women UFC fighters do you know? Holly Holm is going to be on that list, which immediately says something's going to be baked into this line. Yeah, that's fair. And um, probably Holly is probably an extra 25, 30 cents more than normal just on that name recognition that you say. But, you know, minus 110 to minus 135, minus 140, uh, you still got to have a W or an L, and I, I think it'll be Holly, so it's not going to deter me. Um, but it, it is a good point by you, and it is accurate. All right, so my man – Brandon from Covers tweeted us and said, I always enjoy a good big mick for UFC. So perhaps a money line favorite parlay is something that we can consider. 
So all throughout the football season, we created a bet called the Big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week, which stemmed from someone tweeted me saying, Rob, I want a college football winner this week. And I was like, all right, you want a winner? I'm going to put together a Moneyline Parlay of like Bama, Clemson, Georgia, something like that. And guess what? We actually got onto something because we realized, wait a second, a win is a win if there's an inefficiency in the market. So we've kept that going. So let's do this for UFC and I'll get this party started. Like we said, we don't want to be laying this huge money on Connor at minus 350 or minus 370, whatever the number is. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take Connor minus 370 and I'm going to parlay him with the Chiefs. Minus 345, a $10 bet pays out $6.38. Why did I take the Chiefs? Because on the Tuesday podcast, I've got action on the 49ers minus seven. So this allows me to have equal action on both games and root for the UFC fights. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So what would <laughs> your money line parlay be? Okay. Um, I like Maurice Green. Um, he's a minus 130, minus 135 against Alexi Olenek, who has got some wicked submissions, but he's been knocked out pretty bad here a couple times lately, Alistair Overeem, a few months back. And Maurice Green is a much bigger guy. He's like 6'5", whereas Olenek is a tough-as-nails Russian, but he's like 5'11", maybe 6 foot. I like Green minus 130. I think we throw home in there as well. And then, you know, check what you get for the two-fight parlay with Green and home because I don't know that throwing Macy Barber in there at minus 1,000, you know, uh, basically 10 to 1 or 1 to 10 odds, I mean, that might help you win an extra like $3 maybe. But uh, I think Macy Barber uh, is the biggest favorite on the card by far, and I think she's the automatic. She's the 21-year-old undefeated uh, gal that has set her sights on being the youngest UFC champ, which would have to beat out John Jones at the age of 23. And a lot of people think she's got a great chance of doing it. I think she's automatic. And then I like Maury Screen and Holly Holm. And, and those two are only minus 135. So with, with Parlay, I think that, that gives you nice value. And then the Barber, it's probably only going to help out a few bucks. I haven't got out in the parlay calculator to determine that, but Macy Barber is pretty much automatic. Awesome, Brian. Really enjoyed your insights. Where can everybody connect with you? Um, so they can get my picks at VegasInsider.com. I was on a 17-2 and two NBA run since January 2nd, but I went 0-3 last night, so a 17-5 and five run. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Also do some work for MajorWager.com. Uh, and as always, thanks for having me, Rob. Enjoy it and enjoy the fights. And I uh, appreciate you having me. And I want to hear from you. What action will you have on this UFC card? Have you ever bet on UFC before? You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at Covers. And one thing that I continue to love is all the love and support the Sharp 600 community is giving us on iTunes with ratings and reviews. And anyone who shows us love, we're going to show them love. So I got to give a shout out to my man, Texas B, 
who gave us five stars and said, I'm a better handicapper since I have subscribed to this podcast. And what I love about his review is it was so intentional. It says, Rob Cressy's podcast has made me a better handicapper. Rob has great insights into sports wagering. Oftentimes he sees things I don't see in the games. Plus he is very knowledgeable about sports and has decades of experience in sports. But one thing I like about him is his genuineness. The podcast is not just a job for him where he's going through the motions like some other podcasts I know and no longer listen to. Rob Cressy wants what's best for his listeners. He cares and wants us to succeed. He does a great job for his listeners and it shows in the quality of the information provided. I have definitely made money I would not have made since I subscribed to this podcast. Thank you, Rob Cressy. And thank you, Texas B, because you nailed it. I do care so much and I want everyone to win. And I want to give you the best chance by bringing awesome people like Brian on to help you be a more informed better. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. What's wrong with it? The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump. Pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.